All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Golden Hour. How are we doing, Dave? I'm Dave Mays, and we got Connor McCaskill and a new special guest in uh, making a debut in my angle camera. You have a microphone. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is Malachi Sali, a.k.a. Vlog City, a.k.a. Cooler Than Us. What's up, everybody? No, no, I'm really not. <laughs> I put in like 5% of the effort. Um, Malachi is going to be doing the camera switching for us today, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, this may be a, a thing. If Malachi's down to help us moving forward, uh, maybe we'll do this more often, but took us about an hour to set this up <laughs> i'd say a little longer than that but yeah about two hours <laughs> about 101 hours yes it's all good it's all good um, we, we got it to work but yeah i i love this format i love podcasts that have multiple um people involved and uh fun stuff how do i control this dang thing <laughs> yeah i was trying to get it to stop earlier and it well oh, there you go <laughs> Just hearts. You know, today's going to be, it's just going to be one of those podcast days. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think we're on a pretty good roll here. We're on episode 168. I know. We've done 168 of these. Yeah. I can't believe I've been part of this for 168 episodes. <laughs> uh, no, eight. We've done eight. Yeah, I know. I know. You and I. Um, <laughs> and now with Connor, or with Malachi, sorry, um, <laughs> who is kind of part of the team. Um, we've the last couple months been working on stuff together. Uh, Malachi and I work on the Soundstripe channel. Uh, Connor and Malachi also helped me with my latest upcoming video, making 100 movies in 24 hours, which right. was a ton of fun to make. Yeah, um, still, wild ride. Still editing that. Um, hopefully by the time you listen to this, it'll be live. But we shall a, see. We shall a, see. Been a heck of a ride on that. Um, but yeah, real quick, I want to start off talking about um, following up on the iPhone 14. Yeah, you uh, you shot a little something with Soundstripe with the iPhone 14 Pro. Tell me about that. I did. Um, while I'm talking about it, I will pull this up on Final Catch. Nice. Um, basically, we shot a commercial using um, the C500 Mark II, but we thought it'd be cool to, alongside that shoot, shoot with the iPhone and right. try all the various shooting modes on the new iPhones. That includes uh, ProRes, Cinema Mode, which is the kind of blur that you do in post, and right. uh, Filmic Pro with their log. So by adding blur and calling it Cinema Mode, are we confirming that blurry images makes it cinematic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So that's officially confirmed by Apple. It is now the blurriness uh -huh. that makes something cinematic, and well, that's it. Well, that and uh, according to Apple, the new iPhone 14 Pro cinematic mode has 24, period, breathtaking, period, frames, period, per, period, second, period. Have your people call our people. <laughs> it's, yeah, it says cinematic mode now shoots 4K HDR in 24 frames per second. The film industry standard. <laughs> Have your people call our people. Oh, it's so pretentious. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's in perfect Apple style. I mean, the <laughs> the pretentiousness is like, that's their branding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there so, you go. Absolutely. Deserved, deserved the sad tra uh, tr tr trombone. Yeah. Well, I almost said trabone. <laughs> well, ironically, the uh, the iPhone 13, which it, it was the first one to have the cinematic mode, only shot 1080p 30 in cinematic mode, which right. is kind of a hilarious... Maybe they got enough crap for that that yeah. they were like, okay, guys, we'll, here we go. All right, we'll do less frames. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so we'll use less processing, okay? Well, well more resolution. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, we had a cool led wall set. Um, if you're watching the podcast, you can see this, 
on my timeline here. This is all the stuff that I shot on Filmic Pro um, with log. And you can see in the example here when I turn log on and off, there's a bit of noise in the image, uh, but it does create kind of a nice little cinematic shot. Um, some of the um, behind the scenes footage here that we're showing actually looks pretty cool. Like I wouldn't really think about the camera necessarily no although the screen is doing some weird banding and um some weird color blotches and stuff um this shot that we're looking at right now is uh how the screen looked in real life it did have a kind of a flicker to it right um but this is on a gimbal i had like a little iphone gimbal you can see the motor in the bottom right of the image there but you can see your finger as well over the camera in the bottom right well no that's yeah that's the motor on the gimbal uh and then this was a vertical shot so you could there's actually some nice dynamic range kind of going on um although this is all with a with a LUT um in a log image and it looks okay um but the problem with the iphone footage argument in my opinion is you can buy a cheaper camera that does actually look better right like you could buy a 400 dollar um you know super 35 sensor camera or even a micro micro four thirds like panasonic g7 right for like 300 bucks the classic g7 the classic um obviously it doesn't have all these cool computational photography modes on it um but i i was very impressed especially with the cinematic mode stuff um so let me go into that project here so unfortunately in cinema cinematic mode we're not given any settings i can't like lock my shutter i can't change my white balance i can't shoot in a log image um i don't even know if this is 10 bit but it is 4k 24 frames right um and again you can see some weird stuff going on with the screen in the back and uh, some banding i think that's just because of the bit rate and maybe some computational photography stuff going on there um so this is pr- probably like a high weird use case but i am really impressed with um the look of cinematic mode in fact I was surprised to see that it seemed to be working pretty well cutting out my subjects. Um, with this shot in particular, there's a, a guy holding an old retro camera and there's even kind of a hole in between his hand and his face. Yeah. And it's actually blurring that really well. And even the hair on his arm, you can see with the light, it's like it is cutting out each individual hair and uh, keeping that in the foreground while letting the background be the background. And yeah, it's, look at that. it's achieving all this through its LIDAR sensor. So it's using depth of data along mm-hmm. with the camera to be able to tell. It's like, okay, this is this far away, so it needs to be in focus. And that is this far away, so it needs to be a little bit blurry. And then that's really far away, so it needs to be yeah. a bit more blurry. So it has a nice roll-off to it. It's not just like subject focus, Gaussian blur, everything mm-hmm. else. And also, I think last generation the th- with the 13 and obviously carrying over to the 14, I think Apple has really nailed their color science really well. Like, right. I mean, the skin tones look great. It does look good. Yeah. Um, it still has kind of this plasticky iPhone over sharpened small sensor look to it, even though it is doing a blur. Right. There's just something off about it that just gives it that iPhone aesthetic for some reason. I think it's just the HDR, the computational yeah, stuff. I, it, it's just, it still looks iPhone-y, but it looks good too at the same time. I mean, like it's hard it's yeah, hard to great complain on this. with this yeah i mean put grain on it yeah um you can, it, you can, you can kind make of get it away with it yeah 100 yeah. percent. so pretty cool um I, I do like the prores as well um but 
you don't really get as many features. Like you can't really adjust anything. Does Filmic Built Pro work with cinematic mode yet? Or has that? As far as I'm aware, it does not. It does not. Okay. But it does work with ProRes. Um, so you can shoot flat ProRes. Yeah. 10 bit. So this is all ProRes. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it's worth the size um, difference. Like shooting ProRes is going to fill your phone up really fast. Right. You're going to need I that one terabyte. Yeah. Exactly. Real. Especially if you want 4K. So um, anyways, you know, it's still an iPhone. And my overall takeaways are that um, iPhone photography, iPhone filmmaking is more and more um, practical as a, a side angle, maybe as a wide angle shot or a right. BTS shot, or especially if you're a YouTuber mm-hmm. that's not in the camera gear tech space and you just need a really good camera for vlogging and for just pretty much anything. Yeah. I think a lot of YouTubers could get away with primarily using an iPhone. People who just talk at a desk or something. Especially anyone doing vertical content. I mean, arguably, it's a better choice in camera. Absolutely. Than an actual camera, depending on what you're doing still. I, I do think there's a place for just turning your camera vertically and shooting. But, yeah. uh, you know, iPhone looks really good and it's really easy. Mm-hmm. But I still think there there is a lot of room to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. Getting away from the iPhone aesthetic. Right, of course. Which is still there. Of course. So, but... Yeah, um, we are drinking some new coffee today. Yeah. It's brought to you by Hot Shot. Hot Shot. Uh, no, Drink Coffee, Do Stuff. The, uh, the, oh, the, Hot Shot the, Espresso the, is the blend. Is the blend, yeah. So uh, they're, they're saying that it's big-bodied and uh, chocolate sweetie with a little bit uh, of citrus. And so, okay. yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It, cheers. It's, cheers. Yeah, I uh, got this from Trade Coffee Co., not a sponsor yet. Um, <laughs> Trade Coffee Co., hit us up. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they send us a, a bag every couple of weeks. And it's uh, it's a little fruity. Um, yeah. I like it, but it's a little too, even for me, it's a little too um, light. Yeah, I mean, watery. I, I feel like it's um, that's kind of the trend that a lot of like these prestigious coffee companies are going. It's like that lighter, mm-hmm. fruitier tea-esque coffee not my favorite yeah but a lot of people love it so i get why they're doing it so but it's still good as far as like it'd be almost like if this was a beer and it's like slightly hoppy it's not Mm -hmm. quite an ipa yeah but it's you know because i don't like ipas yeah i'm making the reference (laughs) uh it's good yeah exactly what's up everybody (laughs) you know what i really think you suck um Yeah, I just destroy my self-image. Thanks. Rumors. Camera rumors. There's always rumors. We can never get away from them. No. We got some new ones, um, starting with Canon, the R8. Yeah, Canon R8. Uh, this is a shaky rumor at best. Um, it, it's coming from mirrorlessrumors.com, so they're pretty reputable, but they're pulling it from a different source, which may not be as reputable. So... Um, yeah, it said it says it's coming from a Chinese rumor website called Camera Beta. Okay, uh, and they're claiming to know the specs. So take all this with a grain of salt. Yeah, thirty megapixel sensor, uh, Digic X processor, um, and, and specifically, this is a camera that is actually kind of the the official replacement of the original R. Is okay, what they're saying is that right? Um, so it's kind of like a entry level, um, but still good you know mirrorless camera it's like a intermediate right the yeah exactly i think yeah. the r6 was 
a lot in a lot of people's minds what the R update was, but it actually wasn't because right. it, it had some features that the R didn't. Was have. the R6 supposed to be more like the? Um, oh, what was it's it like called? Like a 6D. Or 6D. Something. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or something something in that maybe. vein. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe or maybe it's like a 5D because there was a 5DR that was like a high resolution 5D. Oh, okay. So maybe the R5 is the 5DR and then the R6 is the 5D. I don't know because a lot of people switch to the R R6. It's kind of in the photography world at least more popular than the r5 because it's cheaper right of course um, and, it's, and it's a solid camera for photographers yeah i just don't i, I couldn't get uh with it with video for it's some little, reason it's a little boring yeah um five axis image stabilization on this new r8 uh full pixel dual core autofocus of course what is that dual actually core? i don't dual know what, pixel? that's that's different I, I wonder if that's a translation thing or if that's if they're coming out with some newer-ish, better autofocus tech. Was, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard that full pixel. Interesting. Continuous shooting at yeah. 12 frames per second. 4K recording at 30 frames per second without cropping. Nice. Nice, nice. 4K video at 60 with a crop. Less nice. Not nice. CEF Express and SD. Dual slot. Dual slot. So okay. um, it does have IBIS, which is good. The original R did not have IBIS. Right. Um, I do think Canon just needs to keep working on their ibis it still is a little warpy wobbly but yeah but it's i'd I'd rather have it than not Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's cool um it's a camera for sure i mean like i don't know if these specs are true but if they are i mean they're they're pretty normal it'll be interesting to see what the price is yeah uh, that makes up for the specs that we are reading here i think the r6 is 2500 so if it's 1999 that'd be cool I yeah, guess. I think I paid. Um, I think I got my camera on sale, but I got it with the twenty-four to seventy when I got the EOS R, which this is the replacement for thirteen ninety-nine. Well, you still you can't even buy the R now for that little. Yeah, it was, it was kinda, on sale. It was kind of crazy with the lens too, I believe. Or something. wow, it was crazy. Yeah, it was I bought B and H deal. B and H had a deal like pre-COVID. It was like twelve ninety-nine for oh. an R. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe I bought the lens separately. Because I bought one as well. Okay. I think we both bought them at the same time. Yeah, right, was, right, like right in Christmas time somewhere. That was like the best sale I've ever seen. Because like even now, if you want to buy the original R on B and H, it's fifteen ninety nine. Really? And that's on sale. Okay. Well, maybe then the R eight will be somewhere around fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. So cool. Not super exciting, but hey. Yeah, it's definitely we'll it's definitely a camera. A seven R five. We were, I think we did mention this. We did talk about it. Is this what you're talking about? Eight K cropped. Uh, yeah. This totally is new more focus. or less what I was talking about. Um, yeah, eight K twenty four cropped. Interesting. Uh, S tone, of course. It's eight stops of IBIS, which will be. Uh, is that what the? Is that new to Sony? No, I mean, I think that's normal ish. Um, Body looks like a mix between A7S and A7 IV. New autofocus system with AI deep learning. So that's exciting. That'll be interesting. Even better. Um, Yeah, cool. I mean, 61 megapixel sensor. I mean, it'll be a beast of a camera. It's going to probably be very photographer focused, even though they're doing the 4K60 full readout, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, You're going to be not... spending a lot of money on a camera that is more suited for photographers. But if you are an R5 user and you use an R5 because it's a great hybrid than and you're in the Sony camp, this is more of a this is a better option than the A7 IV, right? Because um, it's higher megapixel and probably more pro. I wonder how it's going to compete with the A1. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of in a similar vein, I would say. 8K, larger megapixel sensor. Um, obviously, this one will have some sort of new autofocus, which may be better, but the autofocus in the A1 is pretty solid. Yeah, good so, point. So I, uh, I don't know how they're going to make these stand out. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. It's kind of the same camera. It does feel a little bit like the same camera. We'll have to see how they do it. It'll probably have a flip screen on it, too. If yeah. it's similar to the A7S. So. Absolutely. And then, of course, we were just talking about Canon. We'll talk about Canon again. The R6 Mark II is now rumored to be coming out, and we got the uh, potential specs for that. It's looking pretty much the same as the original R6, with just a few changes. Um, and it even looks like the uh, R8 that we were just reading about, except a different megapixel count. Exactly. It's lower megapixels at 24 megapixels in body image stabilization, 4K 30 with no crop, 4K 60 with a crop. Yeah. Canalog 3, dual pixel autofocus. Um, nothing, else, nothing else to talk about there. But my guess is that like moving forward, I hope that Canon will remove the recording limit. Yeah. Um, they've done it on a couple of the newer cameras like the R7 and the R3. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll probably have the same really good autofocus that the R3 and the R7 have. And the R6 had some bad color science on the sensor compared to the R5. It was like a more of a yellowish hue, mm-hmm. at least according to a lot of the reviews that I saw. And so people who bought both were not pleased with intercutting between the two because they were so different. If you shot all R6, then that's fine, but I would hope that this new R6 addresses that and gives yeah. it a, a really nice um, image. Not normally, a, uh, There's not normally a color science issue on Canon, so that's interesting. I actually didn't hear that before, but um, oh, okay. I didn't really look. Once I, I tested out the R6 and I was like, yeah, it's not for me, then I, <laughs> I just kind of ignored it from then on. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about a camera that uh, was rumored but also was released today yeah it's no longer rumors the uh sony zv1f uh 500 bucks you know what i'm thinking about this uh no we should shoot a wedding on it <laughs> of course of course that's what you're thinking <laughs> uh yeah, yeah let's talk about it it's a 500 vlogging camp camera comes in two colors right um it's the same 20 megapixel sensor I believe, as the ZV-1. Um, But the biggest difference is it comes with a 20 millimeter equivalent lens and uh, with an F2 aperture on a one-inch sensor. Right. Um, So compare that to the ZV-1, which was 24 millimeters. Right. Um, Which doesn't doesn't sound like a big difference, but honestly, it is. For vlogging, it's a huge difference. Right. And I mean, that's literally, if you watch their marketing video, which is just a... It's just a marketing video. I mean, my goodness, it is it is boring to watch. But um, it is 100% being keeps advertised. Keeps your face bright. Yes, it keeps your face bright, and it's <laughs> being advertised right to uh, vloggers. So it is... Natural skin tone. Yeah, it is, it is mega boring. It doesn't shoot uh, raw photos at all, actually, which is yeah. probably they're doing that just to keep the price down as much as possible. And it's like an intention. I think it's probably capable of it. They're just intentionally doing it to make it, like, force it into a lower-end, like, demographic. Yeah. Um, the JPEGs that it takes are probably simply... Um, you know, for thumb for thumbnails or whatever, you know. Right. So, exactly. Um, the kind of downside to it, though, is the fact that it's not actually their phase detect autofocus. It's a it's contrast not. based. I didn't know that. Yeah, but the reviews that I've seen um, from DP Review TV right um, showed that it is very good, though. Like okay. it's still very reliable, very good. So it's not a Panasonic. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It. Okay, cool. Good. It still has a very advanced algorithm, but maybe they're saving some money by not including phase detect. Maybe that's just an expense that they discovered like, hey, we don't need this and it still works. Right. And uh, we could save, you know, the customer will save $300 by removing this feature. And then it's like, well, yeah, let's do it. It is interesting that in this uh, advertisement, I, I, I even noticed some footage that looks really jello-y. Mm. Um, so I wonder... It's very jello-y. Yeah, it's, I wonder if their active stabilization is just not as good in this camera. It's just a really bad rolling shutter on this camera. Is that what I'm seeing? Okay. Yeah, look at... Um, so this is DP Review. This is Chris Nichols and Jordan Drake, uh, who host this channel. Both of them are friends of the show. Yeah. Both have been on the show, if you want to listen to my interviews with each of them. Um, but you can see as Chris is on this uh, swing, you can see the jello in the background going it's, on. It's kind of interesting because in a way, I, I look at the footage coming off of it and I go... I think maybe the footage you got on your iPhone looked better. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, which kind of goes against the argument of just buy a cheap camera and it's better than your phone. I, I don't know, man, that that's looking <laughs> a little rough. Yeah, this looks pretty bad. Um, but yeah, look at the jello going on. I bet if he switched to 1080, it wouldn't be so bad, but you can see like as he's walking around here in these shots or sliding down that little slide, <laughs> like look at all the jiggle jangle going on. So um, very interesting that Sony keeps crushing it though with these little pocket cameras and yeah. nobody else seems to really be trying. Uh, yeah. Canon has the G7X, which was so popular for many years. I guess you could argue the M50, although it was a little more expensive, but it was kind of in that same vein. Uh, but I love that they made a, I mean, look at all the jello in the background. It looks, it actually looks really bad if i'm being honest like even just the detail in his face it's like mm -hmm. i don't know if they crank the sharpening and then the dynamic range seems kind of like i guess you can see the blue sky i don't know it it's just there's something about the image that it, it kind of looks like an okay phone sensor yeah it looks worse than the zv1 right which like if we look up their review of that you don't think that they ripped the sensor out of the phone that they made could, maybe. And then stuck it, point. and then stuck it in this camera, <laughs> maybe, because um, that would be kind of interesting. So yeah, like uh, this is this is the same guy's uh, vlog. Oh, that was really shaky as well. <laughs> I wonder if that was active, steady, off. Probably. Yeah. Um, come on, guys, show me some footage here. <laughs> Let us steal. I mean, borrow your content, guys. <laughs> so this is the original zv1 which you can still purchase for not much more than the new zv1f um the biggest difference is of course the lens the face detect but it looks like this has more dynamic range to me look at that that's a cleaner yeah, looking that, image that does look a little nicer you know it's still so it's still, still wobbly very, still very jelloey it has the blur mode so you can add extra blur kind of I guess, similar to how the iPhone's doing it. No, it's just an aperture. It's just like, it just switches the camera into aperture priority. Is that what's happening? And it just opens it up. I so didn't if, realize that. Yeah, it's for people who don't know anything about aperture. Ew, I thought it was like adding in blur or something. No, it's like basically people who turn the camera on auto mode and just film all the time in, right. a, in automatic mode. Got it. It's adjusting its aperture, but it's like... I want something to look blurry. So they push the blurry button Got and it. it just goes into aperture priority. Uh, okay. I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. Cranks, oh, cranks makes the shutter up. Sense. Yeah. So um, I do think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think maybe getting the ZV-E10 is a better option for many people, which is a APS-C 
censored camera with the same kind of body style. My friend uh, who has a YouTube channel has two of these now. This is it's 798 with a lens, okay. so it's only you know 300 bucks more right. or two 200 bucks. Well, yeah, 300 with a lens. Um, or if you want, you could do body only for 698, um, which is what 200 dollars more. Right. But you get a much larger sensor, much better image quality, and then you could put their wonderful. Um, Sony makes a wonderful 11 millimeter 1.8. No, obviously, now, obviously it's $500 yeah. for that's yeah. the price of the camera. Right. But the difference in image quality is going to be significant. I mean, honestly, what a lot of times makes your image See? look good is, I mean, yeah, the camera matters, of course, but it is the lens mm-hmm. a lot of times that makes your image look better. So the ability to switch out your lens, I think I would, if I was picking between these two cameras, I would wait, save a little more money and then buy this. Yes, totally. So, um, or get the ZV or the, the, uh, the, was it FX 30? <laughs> the FX 30. True. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, that, I mean, that's also, that's also way more, but, way more money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting camera. I mean, they're, they are trying to break into the, you don't, you know, it's like all the people filming on their phones is like, Hey, instead of filming on your phone, buy this camera, it's better. Uh, but I don't know that it is honestly. I know exactly. I think I would rather shoot on a phone because yeah. it, it the um the dynamic range on this looks pretty trash and the um the background is just wobbling all over the place right i would not vlog with this unless it was on a gimbal honestly <laughs> like it just looks so shaky right and yeah it, i mean you can even see from the shots it's like it is 20 millimeter but it's still not that wide mm-hmm. um you it would put be on better if stick. it was like a 16 millimeter equivalent i think would be mm-hmm. have been a better option i don't know that they could do that it might just be like if they did it the price would go up or the body would get larger i don't know but yeah it uh it's yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to see someone just take this and compare it to even the sony phone that's out i wonder mm-hmm. that, that would be interesting or again the iphone 14 and see uh the difference between the two yeah, so it is interesting that um, Sony's making these these tools, and um, you know you could always just shoot a shoot a wedding on on one. That's true, and uh, <laughs> be pretty cool. Which, uh, in fact, a lot of people haven't seen the actual wedding itself. Um, here it is. So, like when you look at the footage, it's not god awful. It isn't great for, for people that don't know what's happening right now because you're listening in dave is showing uh he shot a wedding on the zve10s no the zv1 the zv1 excuse me yeah uh and the point was to shoot it on kind of a a crappy camera and see if basically if you could work it out so there's a whole youtube video you should go check it out but he's showing us the actual uh wedding film that he gave to the bride and groom Mm -hmm. um obviously the drone shots are the DJI right mini, no we but. we actually took the camera and just chucked it just up into the sky it yeah it, uh, it's pretty cool that effect <laughs> but yeah I, I mean it you know what? i did it, no color on this too like if i graded it i could have maybe made it look a little prettier but but honestly like what's great about wedding stuff is like as long as they're in it and it's mm-hmm. clearly visible and mm-hmm. they're having a good time it almost doesn't matter i know um, <laughs> and to be honest like it was so wonderful having the ZV-1 on the I had the RSC. It was before the RS3 came right, out. Right, And it, it was such a lightweight gimbal. And the camera was obviously super lightweight. And we did 
trick it a little bit by putting a black pro mist on it using a filter adapter right which gave it a, a nice kind of softening but i shot all this in 1080 because i didn't have enough memory cards to shoot 4k <laughs> of course and also um i wanted to get uh the 60 frames per second for the slow-mo stuff Obviously, and yeah. it doesn't do 4k 60 um so yeah i mean would i use it actually as a wedding camera no, no um, of course definitely not, not but um could you yeah yeah it's i mean which that that's good for you know just to let people know it's like hey if you're trying to get started you don't have to buy the most expensive thing just mm-hmm. kind of get any whatever you can mm-hmm. in this case the zv1 uh and maybe shoot some friends weddings you <laughs> yeah. know get 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 started somewhere um or whatever you want to do understanding composition and understanding camera movement um you know having the gimbal really enhanced it quite a bit right um Shooting in slow-mo and slowing it down made it feel more cinematic. Right. Um, shooting 24 frames per second has a subtle cinematic feel to it. So there's a lot of tricks you can do to make things look better than it than it should. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, sh- that shot, if you told me that was shot on an A7S, I wouldn't really I wouldn't. think that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's just an it's just a wedding. Like, yeah. everything's in focus. That shot's garbage. Like, yeah. That, that's too dark. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, um, also usernames on YouTube now. Did you know about this? Uh, the fact that you change your names? Yes. Well, no. That yes, that. But then also, um, YouTube is now changing their model for. It's still in the process of switching over. Okay. But um, yeah, inform me. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So they're doing usernames now, just like Twitter or Instagram. So at whatever your name is on on youtube so whatever your url is yeah. it'll just like this instead of dmay's films on my main channel yeah it'll actually say at dmay's films all lowercase all one word oh forward, which means mr beast's channel will become at mr b6000 because someone else owns mr beast no shot that's <laughs> yeah. funny so does that mean uh is that something you have to go in and claim or it just automatically does it yeah so it automatically sw- uh takes whatever your existing url is if you have a custom one i think i do but i um didn't have dmaze films because i recently switched it mine was dmaze dave mays one because oh, some someone joker else had, had dave yeah, mays of course um but yeah it, you can see here on my youtube studio um you can choose your handle mm. and it can be different than what you've previously done okay. um but moving forward i've decided to shorten my name down to dmaze and to kind of make it almost like a branding thing, um, because what, there's what so is many... the benefit? What's the benefit of this handle? It's to uh, it's I think mostly for shorts probably, and okay. it also authenticates the user. So this could be part of the solve for all the scam accounts. Yeah, because right now you can create any account. You, I could literally use Mr. Beast logo and create a channel and call it Mr. Beast. Yeah, and it shows up in replies to comments as mr beast yeah well and you're not wrong because there was a uh i was actually i commented on some channel and same thing happened to me where it's like they were you know someone made a profile in the image of the youtuber i was watching it was like hey you won something come check this out which i was like no nah, not a chance yeah there's uh, even one on uh, dave mays yeah <laughs> that's oh, true really yeah oh, there was really? um there was actually some people that sent me an instagram dm about it that there's like one guy that sent me a screenshot and he, I think he lives in a different country mm. and he actually like fell for it and like sent money to this guy. Oh man. I didn't respond because I'm like, uh, 
sorry dude that's your fault like yeah don't yeah don't do not respond to people who say send me money yeah. on the internet nope they're always liars it's not true so i and I, to be honest i don't know if this guy's telling me the truth either he could be trying right. to get me to give him money <laughs> yeah internet so, scams. Little gear guy. Um, that doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, it didn't at all. Uh, I'm but, just trying know, to spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> Dave has a soundboard, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's the name of the next podcast. Dave has a soundboard. <laughs> so moving forward, yeah, it's like you if you recognize a channel by their username. So say at Connor McCaskill, right? Um, if you're commenting on somebody's video and it's at Connor McCaskill one two three four five six seven people's like be, oh that's it's a not, pretty good indicator that it's not that's not connor yeah right. except Cause, for you because you're dave mays one yeah uh, so well now i'm d mays films which was and d mays was taken so yeah right on right on um interesting uh you did you see the new uh metaquest pro no i didn't let's talk about that yeah the metaquest pro uh facebook is now updating their quest line uh i guess it's not the oculus anymore they are officially calling it meta okay um it's expensive oh yeah how Did much you, it's right there 1500 1500 dollars. Wow. so the pro it's actually i don't think this is really being marketed at all to uh gamers i mean it kind of could be I, I think people will still buy this but it's it's supposed to be it says right here a whole new way to work create and collaborate okay um so the idea of it is um basically it's vr and uh mixed reality as well so the idea is you can create in a uh, real life space as well as in virtual reality so it's like um Basically like Iron Man when he has all the screens floating Exactly, around. except you look a little dumber because you got these giant uh, goggles on the front of your head. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting concept. I mean, also they're introducing new um, technology that like basically has a, it's not an image of your face, but it's like a, I guess it's using LiDAR or something okay. to detect how your face is moving huh. so that when you have a um, VR version of yourself, right? So let's say we're in the VR space. Instead of it just being a caricature and the mouth like kind of moves almost to how I'm talking, it's like it's expressive. So like if I raise my eyebrows, my character raises my eyebrows. Oh, if wow. I blink, the so character blinks. Your eyes and yeah, your if you face. smile, your character smiles. Huh. So supposedly it's doing that. And the idea, I guess, of this is for remote work, but you still want to like have in-person meetings or... Sure. Whatever. I mean, it's it's a curious concept. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with um, uh, Zuckerberg, Zuckergini. Uh-huh. And, um, was he talking about it? He was talking about this. Uh, apparently, Joe Rogan got to try it out. He said he was very impressed with it. Um, it's, it's an interesting concept. It is very expensive. I don't know how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? <laughs> I think um, it's, it's like... It seems like just Mark Zuckerberg's dream for some reason, because he's such an introvert, maybe, to like create <laughs> this metaverse. He seems to be very obsessed with it. Um, yeah. And I hate the corporatization of it, because that makes it so lame. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, true. If Elon Musk was in charge of this, it'd be so much cooler. Right. You know, because he would find silly, hilarious ideas. And it wouldn't, like, it just feels kind of, uh, like, even watching this, it just doesn't feel that appealing. No, and that's kind of the goofy thing. I mean, essentially what you're doing if you're getting involved with this in any capacity is you're you're 
basically paying to be a part of a beta because all this technology is new. It's being developed. So you're on the cutting edge of the technology for however lame or cool it is. Yeah. Um, also, this video went live a couple of days ago on Meta's actual channel. It only has 50,000 views. Yeah. They're really, they're really trying to break into this and make it mainstream. I think they're really struggling with that. Yeah. Gaming, obviously, is the biggest um place where it makes the most sense because that's the most fun and interesting thing is to immerse yourself in a game right and i will say i have the quest 2 um and i use it occasionally for gaming and when i play it is fun i'm like oh this is rad um there's a fitness angle to it yeah i, I will it, it's a workout when you do use it um yeah. like i have pl- I, you know, play beat saber for an hour and you'll be a little bit winded for sure but you're gonna get your uh your mask all sweaty <laughs> uh yeah you will get the mask sweaty and then you hand it to your friend to play afterwards and they're like oh gross <laughs> um but it seems like they're trying to make this more uh for you know they're trying to break into new meta quest markets. pro let's see yeah i mean yeah what are your thoughts as a as an oculus user for so long now like seeing this new meta uh quest i think it's a cool idea i think that i will not buy it Fifteen hundred. It's too much money. I'll, I'll wait for whatever the Quest Three is or whatever. And um, they are building the ecosystem. So, like, um, you know, right now, Apple apparently is okay. So they're showing a video right now of like two people collaborating on a project, but they're in completely different places. And how she's like reacting and yeah. expressing. Now so that's the cool, I guess. the the characters, the avatars. I think that I mean I, that's probably all, animated. That's all animated. I don't think in that post. that's really what it looks like. I'm sure it. I mean, it does react in some capacity, and it's cool because they do have hand tracking even on the Quest Two, so you can control mm. everything without a controller, and it works somewhat well. So it's cool. I think the technology is interesting. I think if you want to be on the cutting edge, it's worth checking out. Uh, but we're just not there yet. Yeah. But Apple, Apple's apparently working on this, a similar thing where right. it's an AR, VR goggle set. And this is the first thing I've seen on the market that seems to be really high-end right. blending the two AR and VR. I will say it's probably the nicest looking headset. It looks... The it's th- not as big. It's the small... It, it's like much smaller. It's closer to just having a pair of glasses on your head. The cool thing that Apple's going to have is not Snapdragon processor. It'll probably be like a, a V1. A V1. A uh, VR1. Yeah. Or AR1. Yeah. The Apple A1. Introducing Apple VR. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. Apple will... I mean, I don't think Apple's doing VR. I think it is AR first. Mm-hmm. And then they'll mess with VR. Um, <clears throat> They've got so much li- you know, LiDAR AR technology already built into apps on phones. Right. So, but... But Facebook's been doing all this great um, development, you know, in the metaverse mm-hmm. with all their apps and all the, and the UI and stuff. So their hardware is catching up to their software in a way, but also right. their software is very bare bones right now. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen uh, Ryan Trahan's uh, 100 Days in VR yeah. video, it's fantastic. Everybody go watch that. It's so funny. It's It's such a great kind of like example of how goofy and weird uh, vr actually is currently still mm-hmm. um but we're still super early days of this technology right it's just like the movies like the first movie ever was a train coming at the people and everybody in the theater like got <gasps> up and they're like ah oh. they're like oh my gosh a train almost hit me yeah so i feel like we're 
we're maybe a little further down the line of that in the VR world because VR has existed for a while now. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, you and I did the wonderful uh, VR experience, The Void, in uh, downtown Disney. That was cool. And that was actually a really great like example of what is awesome about it. Yeah, so they were doing a... Uh, if you don't, Star Wars. If you never saw that uh, or never been to one, uh, The Void was doing a Star Wars. It was Rogue One. So you were stormtroopers. Uh, well, you were dressed as uh, stormtroopers infiltrating a base on mustafar Mm -hmm. it was really cool like you would uh as you were walking in the lava planet they'd blast you with heat guns so that like you felt the heat yeah uh and then if you got shot i think your vest would like vibrate a little bit so that you would feel the impact it was it was a cool idea uh there was a pack that you put around your chest that would vibrate and then you had guns um and you could interact with real things in the world and each other like i i would look over and connor was next to me or whatever right and i could see him as a storm we had a kid with us which was really funny a young kid he was probably like seven or eight or whatever yeah so there's this really short stormtrooper running around yeah it was like uh, they just miniaturized them yeah Yeah, it was it was awesome but like they built a warehouse in a space so like if there was a wall in your vr headset it was actually a wall there if there was a control panel there's actually a control panel so you could interact with things in real life it was a it was a neat idea shows the potential there's all there's so much potential for this Mm -hmm. i just think like i said it's early it's super early and that obviously i think this concept really like went in the can when COVID hit because it was just like how do we put masks on people i think uh, other than sanitizing them yeah i think they already did sanitize i think i think they figured it out now that COVID's yeah died down and they got lots more sanitizer yeah i think it'll probably be kind of a roller coaster ride type thing that we'll see throughout his like as as this technology gets better and better disney world is going to implement this type of stuff all yeah. the time oh yeah i could see it makes the uh, rides better i could see an interesting world where like competitive gaming meets uh like more athletic stuff so like yeah it would be a athletes in vr competing in a Dude, virtual yeah. game oh my gosh that sounds then, pretty cool and right? then everybody in the crowd can put their headset on and see a virtual course or you could be at home with your vr goggles sure. and put them on and then you're in the arena as well so, so you they're can, they're physically there but then we're watching them exactly as if we're in the audience and like they're competing on a virtual like a, a real place with real stuff that they can interact with but at the same time it's virtual stuff applied to it there's potential yeah you're right like imagine a yeah like they're in a an actual arena right or like a, a a gym warehouse and yeah there's like monkey bars and all sorts of like whatever um, types of yeah things but then the they put on their headset it's like a paintball course or something exactly and exactly. they have a virtual gun and they're doing stuff and then they can enable different weapons and stuff themselves and then you know it's the same gun but then they're looking at it and it morphs into another gun yeah that's gonna be so awesome yeah so again i think like once this technology gets fully developed i think it's gonna be pretty amazing mm-hmm. it's just you know, like I said, it's cool. Like if this was cheaper, I probably would buy it just out of pure curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got my Quest Two for like two hundred some bucks, so <laughs> yeah. I'm and happy. Now's a good time. I've I've been wanting to get a Quest myself, so now's probably a good time to get it because it'll probably be cheaper for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, probably. I still think that they'll probably come out with a Quest Three, so it'll be a cheaper, more consumer. Yeah. or you know whatever and it'll be slightly better and it'll be bulkier, not as cool or sleek as that one, but yeah, it'll be rad. So well. 
yeah, we'll we'll look more into that development and uh, stay tuned. So yeah. if you guys are going to be interested or pre-ordering the Quest 3 or whenever you listen to this, maybe you've already tried it out in the future. Yeah. Crazy. In the future. Uh, let us know what you think. I'd be curious to hear some like actual reviews from real people. And ask us any questions um, that you have or concerns at ghp.fm. You can go there and send us a message. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, this was a, I feel like this is a pretty solid podcast. Yeah. What do you think, Malachi? It was great. <laughs> we <laughs> love having you here. Listening to it live. In live front of a live studio audience of one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys next time. Next week. Bye-bye.